I'm Jordan McPherson. He's Andre Fernandez. And we just wrapped up day one at the Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium Complex. Spring training is officially here, everyone. Dre, how'd it feel? Well done, sir. Way, way to get the Chevrolet in there. Now we got the dealership won't be mad at you. You may get a new car. Okay, maybe you're no. not going to get a new car. Wait, wait, I forgot the main thing. Sponsored by Crux Coffee. There you go. Even more important. As we had, we both we both had one this morning. This morning by tomorrow will be yesterday morning for people listening. To yeah, us. Well, yeah, we both each had a cup. I finished mine. You on the other hand. Mine 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 uh is a, is an incident that of course was put on blast on Twitter. But yes, there was a there was a slippage. There was the first error of the spring charged to me. But that's okay because as long as the error as long as I'm making the errors. Things aren't that bad at Marlins camp. You don't want the guys in in the uniforms to be making the errors, although errors will come, unfortunately. But I digress. We'll get to that. Yeah, but again, <laughs> day one, great to be back out there. Great to be back watching baseball. For me, this is year four. Dre, what season would this be for you? Oh, my God. Put me on the spot. Well, as far as – like really full time covering the Marlins. I mean, if you go to sixteen to, yeah, I think year seven. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'll I'll put it this way. I'll go by my BBWA membership. This would be sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two. Yep, year seven. Year seven. There we go. Yep. So. All right. So, so yeah. So day one, a lot of stuff that we were able to get throughout the few hours we were up in Jupiter on the back and on the backfields. Talk with a lot of executives talk with a lot of players and the one line that's going to stick out to me and is going to be a talking point as we go through these next three and a half weeks before opening day marlin's chairman and principal owner bruce sherman when addressing the media for his general for his annual state of the franchise at address before camp got underway said the line we have money and we're going to spend all but basically putting it on the record that they will spend money. That's great. Now we need to actually see it. Now we need to actually see it. Well, I thought it was funny considering we're there and the Marlins are saying we have money and we're going to spend it. And then the Dolphins go out and sign four players, you know, on the same day. I'm like, did we did we have the right team as far as the spending? I mean, which, which well, the which Dolphins also have money to spend. The Dolphins which, also have money to spend. So that which, aqu which aquatic nickname team is backing up their claim that they're going to spend better? The the Dolphins or uh, uh, well, since this we're talking about the Marlins, but yeah, I mean, he said it. And look, okay, it's great to hear him say that if you're a Marlins fan because that's been the thing for Lord knows how long now. Is when you know when are they finally going to do that? When are they going to bring out the checkbook? Obviously, it's not a massive checkbook like the Yankees or the Dodgers, but at the very least, you're thinking, is this team going to be a little more than a very low payroll team? I still don't know. I still We have to see how much because, – because then, again, it's what is we have money? Like, really, what, what does that perspective-wise, what does that mean? Like, what is that going to entail? What is that going to mean as far as how many moves are they going to make or be able to make? How many can they outbid? other teams that can bankroll have have more of a payroll than they do i mean can they get to some of these impact free agents that are out there and, and bring them in i mean you know we've talked about it they've made some decent moves they had some good additions to their lineup to their you know to their staff in the offseason but 
I think there are still some – there's still plenty of spots where they can use the help, especially on the offensive side, you know, as far as the lineup goes. And I don't know. I think it remains to be seen. I mean, it's it's nice to hear him say that. I mean, with, with Bruce Sherman, it's like the first time, I think, in the time that he's on the team where – not not to say it's always just the script, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like it really, it was something that made you your ear perk up and go, "Okay, good." You know, good to hear. Like you know, you know what I mean. Like he he's, he always says the right things that people want to hear. You know, like the very. The, but it was finally something that kind of jumped out at you, like when you hear the owner say that and put it out there like that, very firmly on day one. Now, of course, they have to back it up, but. Again, it was kind of that. That was a little different than the normal, I guess you, you, we could say. And, that, and it's interesting coming off the heels of the the shakeup that they had in the front office the other day, the major shakeup, where 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 Mr. Hall of Famer decided to depart. And again, they didn't answer much. They were they weren't too forthcoming about the reasons behind that today. But naturally, not that I expected anything less. But you know that that's interesting to hear that when rumor has it that some of the reasons he left was because or at least some 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 people have gone out have, have put themselves out there saying that it was money related and the quote unquote belief that can they compete to that certain degree and spend what needs to be spent to to really put a roster together that can can honestly have a chance to be a contender so we'll see yeah and the thing is if if they're going to spend money, they're all, it's also a matter of with free agency, it takes two to tango. They could say, we're going to spend money, we're going to do this, but the player on the other end of the conversation also has to be cooperative and willing to join the team. And right. they also, as you mentioned, with bidding, they're going to have to compete with some teams that can raise up the payroll, raise up the bidding war if need be. You look at the big names that you could that the Marlins are most likely going to be trying to target if they're going for this impact outfielder bat. You look at guys like Michael Confortos, Nick Castellanos, uh, even Kyle Schwarber, especially with the DH, the Universal DH now. You're going to have to shell out quite a bit of money and give a pretty lengthy contract to try to reel these guys in. Are they going to be able to do it? We'll find out. Uh, we'll find out soon. But again, with those guys, it's it'll be interesting to see how things unfold there. If they wanted to, they could also pursue the trade market. Obviously, the Marlins do have a decent amount of pitching prospects that they could use to be the lead be the lead lead chips in a in a trade. You look at for look at a guy like a, a Brian Reynolds over the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's been a name that's been flowed around with the Marlins before. And the Marlins have already made a trade this offseason when they got Jacob Stallings. So there is some past relationship. There is some rapport there. But, again, it's a matter of, as we said at the beginning, you can say you're going to spend it, but unless you can get somebody on the other side to work with you on it, it's at that point it's talk until you're actually able to get pen to paper. Here's something I guess maybe when you sit down and you really think about it for a while and I wonder – and just again, just my opinion, like everybody gets so caught up in the spending and yes, and all of that to a degree, it's important, but I don't know, like, like you, I, maybe it's just me that I, I hear these names and it, it, it reminds me how 
there's just no like sexy big splash free agent name. I mean, even Castellanos. I mean, I don't know. Unless compared Marlo to where he was, we get Freddie Freeman. Which yeah, like uh, to me, like I don't know why they just just come out and just why do you, like just say we will make the moves that make the most sense, you know, like the smartest moves you can. I mean, you don't have to say you're going to be the Rays, but to me that that's the one way this team can do it. You know, like, I don't know. There's nothing, that's not a sin, but I feel like they, like, like there's just that pressure, like, oh, you better spend, you better spend. Like, they're not going to go out and get, you know, you're not going to go out and get who you just said. They're not going to go out and spend, like, like even to get Castellanos himself, like, they're going to have to overpay. And then do you want that? Do you want to get a, some kind of a chokehold contract that then you're going to have to, I don't know. I, I think they're in the, the same spot that they're usually in where it's more about making the smart moves and the complementary pieces that can elevate the team. And, and I, they did some of that, I think, in the offseason in theory. I mean, solid moves. You know, and then, but I don't know. You always hear that. I guess the point I'm trying to make is like you always hear about the spending and the spending. I think that's almost like the fans saying that. The fans saying that. You know, just the moves that are going to make sense to me. That's the, to me that should be like the message that they put out there. Like the moves are going to make sense. The smart ones that will will put together the complementary pieces to make this team. Because again, it's like everybody wants them to get into a bidding war. Like if they're L.A. or, or New York or Boston, they don't have the money for that. They have money, right? Apparently, but they don't have that money. Yeah, yep, definitely. And as we go from that, let's transition to what might happen to what we've actually seen. We were out on the fields for what two and a half, three, two and a half hours for that first workout, Andre. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, today, so, today felt like forever, but I guess because it, it was day one, there was a lot of you know with with the brass talking early on, it kind of it kind of dragged things out of it. Yeah, just overall, just overall thoughts on what you saw from day one. Obviously, it's workouts. It's not much until the games start on Friday, but just the sense, what was the sense that you got from just being out there? I mean, yeah, I mean, look, we could joke about it if we want. I mean, a lot of it is standing around. A lot of it is stuff we've seen a million times, BP. I mean, I, I didn't take anything from that, to be honest, but I think it's more just the state of the team. Like, to me, again, it feels like the team is better. It could be better. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be drastically better because, again, it's it's a few moves that from where they were last year, in theory, it's like you put a few more puzzle pieces in, but say that puzzle's missing about 30 pieces and you put in four or five. Okay, it's a little more complete. Are we getting there? Yeah. And then, I mean, yes, they're saying all the right things. The message is to win. Of course, if the message is to win, you don't want some message not going to be a freaking yeah. lose. No doubt. And that's good. That's positive. You know, we know Jazz is a character. He's got the shades and the whole thing. And that was funny with him and Mattingly going back and forth. Mattingly, Mister Old School. You know, wants yeah. him to kind of stick to stick to stick to baseball and be focused and do your thing on the field. You know, don't let the antics get in the way. Yeah. But we love you being. The quick switch between, hey, you don't need any more attention. You don't need any more attention. Hey, Jazz, come talk to the media. <laughs> yeah, you know, we love your personality. We don't want to. We don't want that. We don't want to like suppress that in any way. But at the same time, you know, individual stuff. You like the makeup of the team, and 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 yeah, I think there's good chemistry on there. All of that, all that stuff is good. But 
I think it's too soon to tell. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you want those pieces to fit. I mean, one one that did stand out, you talked about Joey Wendell. Yes, an all-star. I, I, I like the fact, and I think Miguel Rojas hit it on the head. I think the fact that he, he said how not only forget about the player, forget about not right now, putting that aside for a second. I think the experience of winning yes. on a team like the Rays and what it takes to win on that team where you're not going to have the big flashy names, at least not too many of them. That's interesting because, yeah, it's one player, but if he can lend maybe that perspective or there's little things he can contribute off the field on how how they've done, how they've succeeded, I mean, that at least in the locker room, those are all good things to have. So, I mean, again, I, I think it's a – I mean, you, you covered them more in depth, obviously, the last couple of years, and you saw what they were last year coming off. You know, I, I covered some of the 2020, you know, the playoff season, the pandemic year, but – where things went bad last year, you were there. I mean, I, I got to think, I got to think it's better than that. I got to think it's, there will be improvement. There's plenty of room for improvement though. So again, that big, that, that word again, perspective. If you're coming from last year, of course, you should be a little bit better. But this entire season is about when will this franchise finally make the big jump, right? That to me still remains to be seen because yeah, I've heard Don Mattingly sound like this early in the year because why? Because he's a winner and he was his whole career as a player. He's been that way. You know, he's had that mentality as a manager and you need to have that. And, but it's like at the end of the day, like you need the talent. It needs to click. You need to make the right moves both in the front office and so on. And we may be singing a different tune in a week or two if they actually do something. We'll see. But, yeah, no, they're still at the point where they're going to need a lot of things to go right on their end and a lot of things to go wrong in the rest of the division for yeah. this season to work out the way they wanted to. They're going to basically need to stay healthy with their bulk of their players to stay healthy, which we saw last year. Sixto getting hurt right at the beginning of the season. Eliezer getting hurt in the first start. Trevor missing a month. Sandy missing a couple starts. And just like that, that star rotation that they had – was never really ever full from start to finish. And you lose that, and immediately this team just falls off. And then position player-wise, Brian Anderson last year, his season got chopped up completely by three separate injuries. Garrett Cooper getting hurt. I'll just leave that at that. Uh, Jazz missing some time. Miggy missing some time when he jammed his finger and having to basically play with his finger getting wrapped up and his defense suffering for it. You saw all of those things that combined and hit them last year. And again, they're a team that one or two dings away, they're one or two injuries from going from looking like they have the optimism to, okay, we're kind of back at square one again. Yeah. And they're still not at the point where they have that all star superstar depth where it's like, oh, well, player A is out. We can call player C and maybe not, maybe just have a little bit of a drop off. They're still gaps at a lot of spots especially when you look at starting rotation outside of their main group especially I mean, let, we yeah. need to touch on this too Sixto Sanchez isn't throwing right now he's shut down at this point so you're already another one of your guys who they were hoping would be one of their core is once again still wondering what when are we going to see this guy I, to, like that that's another big hit I mean look, before we get to Sixto let's do a little exercise how about that 
Yep. Catcher. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you a position and let's go. Catcher. Jacob right. Stallings. Yep. Right. Has to be better than Alfaro immediately in, in terms of impactful this this season. I'm not saying he has to be the all-star catcher in the National League necessarily. Not that, but it's got to be better production. It's got to be every you know behind the plate, running the staff. Everything has to be a little better, right? Okay, that's one. First base. First base is going to be Jesus Aguilar. Garrett Cooper is going to be primarily DH, if you ask me. So it's going to be Jesus Aguilar and or Lewin Diaz, depending on how they do the roster. Offensively, obviously Aguilar, you know what you have in him. Lewin has Gold Glove potential on defense. We saw that in the two months. Potential. Yes. I'm not the kid. I, I think I, I remember when he was coming up. I think the kid's going to be good. Doesn't have the experience yet, though. So not yeah, a lot again, of depth on the first. Offense, but the defensively, he was second in defensive run saves among first basemen, despite only being up for a month and a half. And that's fine. But I'm saying offensively, like yes. what this team really needs is runs. Aguilar's got power, and yeah, he can get you that. Fine. Second. You got Jazz Chisholm. Who today even said to everybody, Yep. I've got to be better at the plate. I took some at bats off. Yep. Said he said he messed up on a few, right? I mean, we, as, as fun as it was, that 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 fun word again. I mean, he got. I mean, I love the kid, but it was his first year to go through all the growing pains. Now is he taking a leap? I'm just saying. Make this is the list of all the things that you're saying has to go right. I'm going through it right now for everybody. Shortstop, you've got the veteran there for now, for the next couple of years maybe. And Miggy's dependable, make all that, but Miggy has to be durable too. Yeah. And occasionally hasn't been. Third base, forget it. I mean, Brian Anderson has to be back, period. Like it has right. to, and he has to be Brian Anderson again. Yeah, he has to be the Brian Anderson. We saw that 2019 rookie, that rookie year, and what we saw the follow-up year in 2019. Correct. And and defensively, the cannon for the arm has to be there again, despite the shoulder injury, all that. Then the outfield, I mean it's all just Again, you've got Avatel Garcia, who, if he become, ends up becoming the center fielder, which he is right now, that's concerning in terms of the defensive side of it. You know that right. that will provide something more than what they got in years past. But can you sacrifice that with the defense having to be the center fielder in Lone Depot Park for 81 games? And who else? And, and who are your other two? As of right now, you got Jesus Sanchez and Brian De La Cruz. Now all of the, okay, and then Jesus Sanchez, similar Lewin, still kind of in that you're gaining experience. And you're still very young. There too. Correct. Dela Cruz, who came up last year, it was it was a good story last year. One of those bright spots, a find for them. But does he have a long history, a long track record? Nope. Okay, so all that you just said, plus depth behind it. Plus, yes, the rotation that you talked about, which at the top is still pretty good. And we haven't gotten gotten to the bullpen yet, which has been at times in recent years. Let's just call it like it is. It's been a disaster in some in some moments, yep. some a little bit better than others. But we don't even have they don't even have a closer right now, like Peg, at least not announced. Maybe they do, but they haven't said anything yet. So that's an area they could address if they're going to go on this little shopping spree in the next couple of weeks. That still wouldn't be bad to get someone in there as a closer potentially. So okay, but to come back to the point for people listening and writing, what are you what are you getting at, Dre? All those little things, or the majority of those little things, have to go right for them to start knocking on the door on Atlanta, on Philly, in that division to again, really that's make just a to get them to be 
come close to competing with not necessarily and that's why i said knocking on the door not even busting the door through but just having in the conversation so just to give people an idea when sometimes they're like thinking oh yeah we're good okay this yeah progressing but perspective correct so correct and on that anyway, note, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, on that note i think we can take a break at this point let everyone catch their breath for a minute <laughs> <laughs> So, and again, look, look, I, I, again, this is covering them, like I mentioned before, seven years, I saw a team that was on the cusp of truly being a playoff team. And they were on the cusp, and look at the talent that they had. And they were just on the cusp of being a playoff They weren't even a playoff team. So just, again, perspective on how what it takes to really be a playoff team, a consistent playoff team in this league. It's not easy. Definitely is not. And on that note, we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, We'll take a look at basically what needs to be accomplished over these next three weeks or so before opening day, some storylines to follow, some competition we'll see during camp, and just things that Andre and I will be looking for looking for and keeping our eyes on as camp develops. So we will be right back. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, everyone. So spring training is underway. It's shortened spring training this week, this year, only about three and a half weeks. Uh, games start Friday. The Marlins are only playing 15 Grapefruit League games before their season starts April 8th against the San Francisco Giants. And with that, it's a short turnaround. It's short time for Tim Ang to start figuring out who the roster is going to be for opening day. And with that, we have some spots that, we need to, that are going to need to be figured out. Uh, first one I'm going to look at is in the infield specifically and exactly how they balance playing time among, again, with between Jazz, Miggy, Anderson, and Wendell, all four of them for second base, shortstop, third base. Obviously, you've got two lefties and two righties in there, so Donnie can play some matchups. We can see exactly where they start to try to use Wendell more, more among the three positions others. He was at third base with Anderson and John Birdie on Monday during when they were doing drills, but you know he can play all three positions similar to Miguel Rojas. Jazz can play second and short. Andy can play third. You can even throw him back in the right field if you need to, depending on how you want to play matchups. But that, to me, is in terms of just finding roles, that's outside of finding out who center fielder is going to be. That, to me, in terms of day-to-day positioning, is going to be one of the key spots that's in flux at this point. Yeah, well, he played mostly a third last year for the Rays, from what I'm looking at here, 107 yeah. games overall, 25 at shortstop, 16 at second. So, I mean, he's definitely good insurance to have. Let's say if if 
if Brian Anderson has any sort of setback, let's say, or, you know, anything, hopefully not, but you know what I mean? Like if, I mean, coming off last year where he barely was able to, you know, be out there, but if he's not ready yet, or if he has some kind of issue, you like having that where you basically don't skip a beat there at that spot. So that, that, you know, look, going back to it, I think that that's, he, he's one of the key acquisitions for sure in terms of versatility. I mean, not, not just because he's an all-star, not because not just the experience, but I think the versatility part, you know, that's, that's a good problem to have. They're going to be able to do all that. If, you know, if you need him in the middle infield, he's capable of doing it. And then you have that same thing at shortstop between Miggy and, and, and jazz too. But I mean, technically jazz was thought of as, you know, being the guy at shortstop. So, you know, and then both can play second. So you have, it's it's very good where you know injuries are going to happen, and then in general, I'm not just saying on this team, but in general, this this mad dash to to the to opening day to just to squeeze in this spring training concerns me like crazy in terms of health and preparedness for a lot of teams. 2020 with the shortened season when there were a lot more injuries than usual. Just seeing again, then we had the four week summer camp that year too. So it's yeah. feeling like we're going to get some of those vibes again this season. Yeah. And I mean, look, and that was another, before we talked about st- stuff that stood out today, the other thing was them being able to get together, which Miggy spearheaded, which, which was the, the ability to go out and do some things as a team, you know, a lot of the players together unofficially, you know, during a little break. But, you know, there was only so much you could do. I mean, yes, some VP and some other stuff, but not full it's nothing like having the full-blown workouts there, not like having simulated games, all that kind of thing. So, again, you can prepare some, and you can work out, and you'll be in some condition. So you're not totally going from scratch, but this is a very short window compared to what it normally is to, to, to really get yourself in game shape and game ready. You know, maybe pitchers, because it's just easier, I guess, to throw off and do some of these, you know, some of this work off the mound, I think might be able to build up a little even though you're not throwing in live game innings as much. But, you know, I wonder just in in terms of some of these guys, it's going to be, you know, a short amount of time to get the timing down at the plate, all those little things going. So we'll see. We'll see how they can do it. Yeah, and to stick with position players, uh, Universal DH officially approved. Uh, Marlins obviously had a taste of it in 2020 during the playoff run, and it was primarily used to – alternate between Garrett Cooper and Jesus Aguilar at first base, one at first base, the other at DH when both were healthy. That, to me, feels like the way the plane is going to be moving forward. And it feels like, again, it gives them the best chance to keep Garrett Cooper healthy if he is one of their guys moving forward. Just we've seen all the injury the injury history when he's been out in the field, especially when he plays in the outfield. He told me when I talked with him on Monday that, he is exclusively either first base or DH this year. And he's actually bulked up a little bit more because he knows that he doesn't have to worry about everything in the outfield. But obviously it's between Cooper getting extended time there and then sort of like going back with that group, that second short third group. You want to give one of those guys an off day from the field, but you don't want them in the lineup if they're having, if they're on the hot streak, just slide them in the DH and basically give them a half day. Type deal. Well, yeah, you keep your power bats in the lineup better i mean aguilar talked about that today too um, a little bit how you know this will be extra at bats for him this will be extra days where he'll be able to be in the lineup even if he's not playing and you want to give lewin diaz sorry 
playing time, there you go. You know, that's even more of a chance right there. You, you put him at first and someone else gets the DH day. You know I mean? That, that that's uh, to me, that benefits, it's going to benefit a ton. It really is. And I think, and it's interesting to hear. It's funny too, how it was probably something that they didn't want to say to hurt any feelings before or protect certain things. But now everybody's so open about how painful it was to watch a lot of pitchers hit. In this league, and you're hearing Mattingly say it cracked me up too because you know, here he is, American League guy all his career as a player. And I know he likes the chess match and it gives him more to do as a manager, the the, the strategic moving guys around and playing the matchups and all of that. But it was just, I, I don't know, it was just funny. A guy, one of the one of the best hitters all in, 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 the, in the history of the game, sit there and probably I'm, I'm trying to picture how many times he's probably sitting there in the dugout watching one of the not, pitchers on his own team and pitchers on other teams and just cringing, looking at some of these bad swings and bad decisions and, and thinking, God, why are these guys hitting? And now finally they wipe that off. Yeah. Again, I think the only pitcher who will ever see hitting again is going to be Shohei Otani. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens. They'll purposely do it. But the thing is, it'll be interesting to see how it works with the Angels when he does pitch. Because, again, right. do they still – I haven't looked at the actual rules. Are they going to have to go the pinch hitter route there if he stays as a pitcher? How, how I haven't seen if they shake up, if it reverts to a DH when he leaves. I, I'd actually double-check to see what the rules look like. But they may be the one part where yeah. the hitter rule, at the pinch hitter for the yeah. pitcher spot actually stays in effect. Right. Right, they're the one that that this whole thing is going to backfire on because you're going to lose him. You're either going to lose him for one game when on the day he starts because you're going to obviously don't want to lose him being on the mound if he's on, or like you said, there's going to be spots where it's going to cost you a switch in the lineup if you're going to if you're going to go that route or something like that. But I mean, yeah, kind of funny, kind of funny that, that that's the. Everybody's talking about how great this is, but <laughs> the one player in the league that and the one team thinking, "Ah, oh, crap, it's that, it's the Angels." Yeah, uh, three more topics that I wanted to get to. Uh, we touched on it a little bit, Andre. You touched on it begin uh, in the first segment. How the Marlins soar out the back end of the bullpen. Obviously, Dylan Floro ended last year as the closer. Anthony Bender was the ballyhooed outcome out of nowhere guy who ended up being in the eighth. Anthony Bass, Zach Pop, Richard Blyer, all filled late inning roles. At this point, none of them real again, Floro to me would as in that group, I feel like Floro would be the presumed closer considering how he finished the year. But to me, this just it feels wide open in terms of all the roles, just because none of them really is that standout guy. And and you're coming to that conclusion and it, and the two words in my brain right now are like by default. Exactly. Exactly, because again, no, nobody pop, nobody stands out. Nobody really, and this is where again they didn't do it last year, and they probably should have. Do they go and try to sign anybody to be in that role? I mean, is there really anybody? I mean, Brad Hen just signed somewhere today, didn't he? There was a big run on relievers over those over the couple of days right after the lockout. So it makes me think probably not. It makes me think it's probably going to be an in-house candidate at this point. I mean, who knows? You know, I don't want to discount any possibilities. You don't know, but I mean, again, and and again, that's you 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 not to take anything away. I mean, you finish the he'd finish the year strong. Big, that's fine. But there's a difference between in closing those games 
late in the season, like the season that was that they were finishing up and closing games if you're contending. Because the that you know that that's even more of a high pressure, even more of a high leverage situation when those games mean something night in and night out. And if they really want to get to where they want to get to, you need a guy that's going to be able to handle that for the, for the most part. So is that guy on this roster right now? I don't know. Uh, uh, next one, we know Jacob Stallings is starting catcher. They have three options for their backup catcher as, as of right now between Peyton Henry, Nick Fortes, Alex Jackson. All three of them got some playing time over the last couple months last season after they moved Jorge Alfaro to left field and then he got injured and yada, yada, yada. Jorge Alfaro obviously is now in San Diego. Jacob Stallings is here. Of the other three, to me right now, the front runner is bound to be Peyton Henry just because of his defense. He has some bat, some potential with his bat. He looks like the best defender of the three. Nick Fortes, to me, is the best bat of the three. But the other thing that, to me, is going to be very interesting is, again, all three of those guys, plus Jacob Stallings, are on their 40-man roster. 10% of their 40-man roster is catchers right now. There yeah, is that will last. no way that is going to end at that way once we get to opening day, which brings us to the, the point of once they figure out who they're – top two are for the big leagues and who their top reserve for the minor leagues is, how are they going to handle the fourth guy? Are they going to try to do a quick a quick flip or put them in a deal in a trade toward the end of camp? They're just going to DFA him, hope he clears waivers. They're going to have to figure that part out over the three weeks. And again, that's a secondary plot, but it is still something that's going to be figured out as they if they make any of these moves that they're hoping to make. Yeah, I think it's a trade. I mean, I think it's somebody that you package in some sort of a deal. I mean, ideally, I mean, you don't want to lose someone for nothing, but they're going to have to hope that maybe there's a there's a little bone, a little a little sweetener for some sort of trade potentially, yeah, and and that could be one of those guys. I mean, yeah, in in some shape or form, that's not going to last. That's ridiculous to carry for. I mean, we'll see. I mean, but I'm with you on the Henry. Uh, on the Henry possibility, because I mean, you don't you don't look for tremendous offense from your backup catcher. I think you look for the more steady hand back there, the more steady defender, the guy that's going to have the best arm, best better, you know, a solid arm that can that can uh, control the op- the opposing running game and be able to run run, you know, uh, manage your pitching staff well. All those sort of things that come with the catcher position. I think that's what you're looking for. And, you know, if Henry fits the bill as far as the next three in that tier, I think that gives him a leg up, at least going into the spring. Yeah, and the last one on my end, especially since we're looking at a little roster crunch of the 40-man roster, this has to be the last chance for both Ethan Diaz and Monte Harrison, right? I mean, what, what's Mon- Monte's 26 or about to be? What is he now? I believe. Uh, remember, I, I I just got back from Tallahassee. Yeah, Monte is twenty six. <laughs> he turns twenty seven in August. I mean, ask Lewis Brinson, right? I mean, yeah, and Ethan turns twenty six in May. It was Brinson last year. This year, it's these. This year, it's the these two guys. It's funny the Yelich trade. The the, the clock has expired on one and and. It's getting pretty close on, on two more of them right now. So, yeah. so yeah, this is definitely crucial. I mean, we're we're here talk. We went around the horn, and 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 those are two guys that, again, can they 
throw, I mean, Eason even more, you know, at second, can he throw his name firmly back in, in the infield somewhere? Honestly, I feel like Jose Devers probably has a chance to jump him. I mean, well, that was the, that was the, that was the long-term projection yeah. we talked about exactly. two years ago. I mean, yeah. when I was writing, when I was still writing for baseball America, that was the, the one that I threw in there. I'm like, that's the guy that eventually whoop, is going to be your, your second baseman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and the little bit we saw of him in the big leagues, I liked what I saw from him. He was thrown up in a hurry, this Jose Devers. He was thrown up in a hurry, and he looked. After his first game, you saw the nerves, you saw the jitters. After that, all Well, it was a rough start at the plate. That's supposed to be – it was pretty bad at first. The results weren't there, but the at-bats, even when the results weren't coming, outside his first game where he will completely lost, the rest of them, the at-bats looked steady even though the results didn't come. Right. But – and again – Again, Jose Devers is how old is he? Let me double check his age again. I know he's still one of the youngins. 22. He he just turned 22 in December. Yeah, that was just that was just going on memory from what I remember he was when when we were and I was doing that that breakdown back then. Yeah, so Jose Devers, 21 years old, never played above a ball. Because remember, 2020 was the COVID season, and he got called up before the minor league season started in 2021 because I pushed back a month. And he still was able to show something at the big league level. I've never catch him. His progressions had such a weird track because yeah. you know he it, it got stunted by the injuries. Remember that year where I think he, was, yeah. he had hit like three twenty five in a short span. All of a sudden, they had to shut him down. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, like I didn't think it was fair to the kid. Just like he, he gets thrown into the fire so fast, and then you saw what happened. You know the results suffered as a result of that. But yeah, I mean, I think that's where. He, that's where he shows you something by, by the way he adjusted, by the way he learned and and started to, to kind of, you know, to kind of produce it, to kind of, you know, handle it better. And, and yeah, I, I still have hope for him for sure. I mean, I, I know scouts told even back then throughout have, have liked this kid. I mean, not to make too much of him, but I think it, he's a solid piece for what they have at that spot in terms of a, because in the long run, you want a player like Jazz maybe as your shortstop. You know, you want to have someone else handle that spot. And there's others on the way up that could be eventually. I mean, Jose Salas and others that that could. You know that if there's one, you know if there's one spot on the field, you know that middle infield, there's still a few more guys. There's still years, a couple of years away maybe, but you kind of like that they do have still some options there eventually in the future together but devers could be that first one there that jumps in soon not, not soon as in now right around the corner but not too too far from now where he could have a, a, a legit chance of doing it definitely i think we covered just about everything here that's gonna wrap us up for this week's episode of fish bites we'll be back again next week and from here on out we'll be here every week with spring training here in the season not too far away so with that i'm jordan mcpherson He's Andre Fernandez. I need another cup of coffee, Crocs. Tomorrow, bro, buddy. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Tomorrow, which by the time people are listening to this, yeah. will be this after the, yeah. the, later this morning. morning. Yeah, it's eight a.m. Work. It workout starts at eight a.m. So I will definitely have at least one, if not two, cups to get there. So, yep. all right. So that's gonna do it for us. Thanks so much, everyone.